This is Performance Time, the show about site reliability, performance engineering, and human beings. I'm Stephen Townsend. Welcome back to Performance Time. Today we're going to talk about one of the fundamental concepts of SRE, service level indicators, usually abbreviated as SLIs. In my first SRE engagement, there was some confusion about some of the different SRE concepts and what they mean. As a result, I've now built into my process a period of defining what these different terms mean so we can all get on the same page. So what is a service level indicator? An SLI is a key metric that we can use to assess the health of a service. Let's use a completely ridiculous example. Let's imagine patting my cat Custard as a service that I provide her. One of the key indicators to whether or not the patting is good is how often she bites me. If I'm doing it right, she will relax. If I'm doing it wrong, she will periodically attack me. Let's call this metric bite rate. In this example, bite rate is an SLI, a service level indicator. Now the next logical step would be to set an objective on the bite rate. That's called a service level objective, or SLO. In order to define the SLO, we first have to know what our SLIs are. And that's what this episode is all about. So for our previous example, we might set an objective of getting bitten less than twice each minute. If we exceed that, we've broken the SLO and we need to trigger an alert for me to pull my hand away. Now I won't go into great detail about SLOs in this episode, but notice that I put a time window of one minute. That's really important, because it means we can set up our monitoring and alerting accordingly. Now, I'm sure most people have heard of Service Level Agreement, or SLA, before, and it's often misused. So, if an SLO is an internal objective that we set ourselves for our product, then an SLA is a formal guarantee that we make to an external customer. So, in my silly example above, I might promise my cat that I will not cause her to bite me more than five times per day. That's then up to me to manage my service and prevent that from occurring. SLAs have been around for quite a while, but I often hear the term misused, as I mentioned before. SLIs and SLOs are far less familiar for most people, but they're more about internal objectives that you set for your own product, driving towards better customer outcomes. So let's drill into that a bit. What is the purpose of defining SLIs and then SLOs? First of all, you can reduce your technical debt. If you know very clearly what the key indicators of the health of your service are, then you can focus your monitoring and your alerting on those key indicators and potentially let go of a lot of metrics that you may have been tracking which aren't really providing value. Secondly, we can drive better customer outcomes because SLIs aren't always purely technical. They can be focused on customer experience or the business. The process of identifying indicators forces you to think about the customer in a whole new way. Thirdly, it can give your product independence. So Your particular platform may be part of a large end-to-end solution. Lots of other teams and products and technologies are involved. Now, sometimes we have solution-level requirements, but then the question is, 
how much of that requirement applies to just my part of the solution. Now, SLIs allow you to define indicators which are meaningful to your specific platform for the product that you own and look after. It also means that you're not dependent on or waiting on a program or project to define these requirements for you. You have the authority and actually the responsibility to define these SLIs and SLOs yourself. Fourthly, when you define service level indicators and then set objectives, it lets everyone in the platform understand the platform better. The process of defining them uncovers a whole lot of things which you may never have thought of before about the behavior of the platform and the needs of the customers. And that helps not only build understanding, but a shared set of objectives between everyone on the platform, operations and delivery, in terms of what we want for our customers and how we can go about achieving that. Next up, when we have set key indicators, it means we can potentially monitor less and focus on more important metrics. Now, yes, that reduces technical debt. It can also make it faster and easier to find issues because we can focus in on the signal through all of the noise. In traditional monitoring, this can be quite a challenge when there are so many things to look at that it can be very difficult to find where an issue is. Next up, we have the opportunity to be more proactive than reactive because Defining SLIs and SLOs and setting up the right monitoring and alerting and process to respond to that builds a culture and a method of being proactive about reliability rather than always responding to incidents and not doing anything about it which solves the problem long term. And lastly, if you define SLIs and SLOs, then you can use error budgets. Now, I don't want to go into great detail about what they are, but at a high level, you set a particular availability target, let's say 99%, and that leaves you with 1% downtime, which is your error budget. Now, if you have unplanned outages and incidents that use up that 1%, well, that's tough luck. And when you get to that 1%, you'll, you'll generally be blocked from doing any more deployments. But if you don't use up your error budget from unplanned outages, you can use that time to do riskier deployments or to experiment or innovate, try things out. So that is an incentive for delivery teams to help out with reliability so that they can use the error budget for productive delivery goals. So at the moment, I am trying to build a reusable process for identifying service level indicators. And it's been pretty challenging. It's the first time that I'm doing this I feel like I'm flying by the seat of my pants, but I do have a draft approach and I want to share it. Hopefully it will help you defining your own service level indicators. Step one. First of all, I think we need to go through definitions, get on the same page by what we mean by SLO, SLI, SLA, metric and measure, service. If you don't have a common understanding of what those things mean, then you can't really start. Step two is to identify who your customers are. Now that may not be as simple as you think it is. So in the case of a PaaS platform, your customers are the groups of people who host their applications on your platform. 
Many other platforms will have customers who are either staff in the organization or actual end customers out in the world. Identify the different categories or groups of those customers and have a think about what their unique needs are. I'd also think about whether some customer groups are more important to your organization than others. Step three is to identify the services. Now this is pretty tricky. If you've got a platform which is existing and complex and has a whole bunch of activity happening on it, to go back and isolate what all the key services are that you provide customers can be a daunting challenge. Now the reason we looked at the customers before is that can be a good starting point. Look at each customer group and think about which services you provide those customers. Now on top of taking that customer-centric view, I have some different examples or methods that you might use to think about and isolate the different services which you provide. Firstly, you may think about your platform in terms of the layers of the solution. That could be the layers from the data or the disk layer right up to the customer layer. In the case of this Kubernetes platform that I was looking at, I looked at different layers for the cluster and the hosts and the containers and the application and then the client. This isn't going to tell you what the services are, but it is a starting point in terms of breaking up the solution and looking at it from different lenses. Similarly, drawing out a simplified solution architecture diagram showing all the parts of your platform and the external components is another really good way to understand the different components of the solution and that can jog your thinking as well. For example, the PaaS that I was working on when I drew the solution out, I saw that one of the components was Bamboo, which is a process automation pipeline tool. And that's when I realized that this particular platform, one of the services that they provide is deployment using these automated jobs. If I hadn't drawn the solution out, it wouldn't have been clear to me that that was a service. I was only thinking about the hosting of the apps. Speaking of Kubernetes in particular, if you have Helm charts, they may actually describe the services that you provide. And that is another angle which I have been looking at recently. Now, if you have an existing off-the-shelf product or a monolith, things can be quite tricky. However, if you're developing microservices, then this whole process might be quite trivial. So the different microservices, if they're designed well, will probably represent the different services that you provide. Another angle of looking at it is to think of your platform as a black box and think about all the different integrations coming into it and out of it. So what are all the different possible things that are requested of you? Those are the services that you provide. And some of the customers which call you may be other systems, not actual people. They're still customers. We're still providing a service to them. And it can be helpful to think about the downstream services which your platform calls as well. Not in defining the services themselves, but it helps to build the full picture. In slightly different language, the boundaries of your application and the different integration points in and out is another way which we can identify services. Now this step is going to be tricky. It's gonna require a lot of thinking and talking and trial and error. But let's say we get through that and you have a clear view of what your services are, 
Step four is to prioritize those services. Some of the services are going to be lifeblood. They are what run your business. They are the things which make your customers happy. Other services are going to be non-critical. Things which if they didn't work, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And that's important because it lets you focus on setting objectives and indicators for the services which matter the most first. I'm using a tiered approach, so tier zero through to tier four, and putting each service into one of those categories. And what you define those tiers as is completely up to you. There may be existing definitions of the different tiers of service that your organization provides. If so, use those. Step five is to look at some of the industry standard frameworks out there which can help you identify indicators. Now, the most obvious one is Google's four golden signals, and those are latency, how long does it take, errors, what is the rate of errors, traffic, how much load is on it, and saturation, for example, CPU usage on the underlying hardware. Two other similar and commonly used frameworks are RED, which is rate, errors, and duration, which is a workload-centric view, and use, which is utilization, saturation, and errors, which is an internal service-centric view. And then there's the model which Andy Grabner shared, which is ACE, availability, conversion, and engagement, which is an end-user-centric view, and I think that's really interesting. Now, the goal here is to look at these different frameworks and identify whether they can be of value for you in your context, the context of your services. Step six, the final step, is to identify the key indicators for each service. And this will probably be quite challenging and require quite a lot of collaboration and trial and error. The way I've gone about it is to draw a diagram which shows the different customer groups, the different services we provide those customers, and then the key indicators for each of those services. So that's where my SLI identification workshop is up to. I am trialing it right now. I would be very interested to hear about what others are doing in the industry, especially in organizations which aren't necessarily cutting edge. I'm talking about organizations where there are off-the-shelf products. Mainframes are still used. There's lots of different technologies, some really old, some brand new, some cloud, some on-prem. How are you identifying your services and the key indicators for those? Next time, we'll be taking our service level indicators and then going to the next step, which is setting our service level objectives. I hope that this has been useful. My name is Stephen Townsend, and this is Performance Time.